Remember when the Daleks tried to conquer the Earth by hollowing out the Earth's core and riding around Earth like a hot rod? <laughs> Those were yeah. the days. Those were the days, man. <laughs> now I've only watched one uh, black and white Doctor Who uh, arc. Those are those are those are some tough watching. But uh, I never even wa- I don't watch the new ones. I'm, it reminds me too much of, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and stuff like well, that. Well, seriously, like, th- that's the template, right? They want yeah. cube lines. They want characters everybody can identify with, and the the actual story is, is secondary. And there's much running and jumping. <laughs> well, you know, I like the cast. I like the actors. I think yeah, they're yeah. all appealing people. Like they gave me is super hot. Oh God! Um, yeah. I, I mean, she's funny. She's really funny, but. Yeah. The stories just aren't there. I mean, I, I miss Donna because she didn't take any shit. No, she and was sarcastic, was... And, and she was a real person. You just you just can't get past the idea that you know something happens and she had a real reaction to it. Well, she's like a real actress. You know, she has her own show. Okay, all right. E. E. Edward Elmer Smith, Fudd. Ph.D. Fudd. Yes. Food chemist extraordinaire. Born in the woods, uh, logging man, a mining man, uh, World War One veteran. Um, Allegedly. No, he was famous. Yeah, there, there, there's none of that. He made stuff up. He, he, was, he was there. He had enough going on that you didn't have to make things up. Yeah, I think, I think uh, honestly, we're talking about a guy who wrote galactic war science fiction. And I, I, I'm sure he wrote... I'm sure he wrote fiction that did not involve gigantic mile-long spaceships blasting each other with coruscating sheets of energy, mm-hmm. but I haven't read it. If he has, I haven't read it. I, th- I think and, it was just was the pulps, you know. Well, you know, we're talking about uh, a guy who lived through World War One, mm-hmm. and that's like the lost generation, supposedly. These are people, oh my god, war is this terrible thing that we should never ever do again. And he's a guy, obviously, <laughs> war is bad, but hey, you gotta go. When you gotta do it, you gotta do it. So I guess he's yeah. kind of, um, is there a reactionary streak in science fiction? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, sure. No, but seriously, no. it's like an anime yeah. podcast. you got to bring oh. out an anime. Well, it's not just anime. I re- review other crap. I, <laughs> I reviewed uh, Starship Troopers like immediately after I read the book and then saw the movie. So well, you I had like a double, a two-fisted attack. But it, yeah, but yeah. well, I just call the podcast Deep Hurting, and I just leave it as general as possible because I'm just going to record what I feel like How recording. did you feel about reading the book? Because it was your first time reading the book? Yes. I never, you... watched, I never watched the movie either. How did you feel about the book? Having read the book, um, I think I read Stranger in a Strange Land first. Um, so then I, so then I read this, and it's like Einline has some issues, <laughs> but it's like you can really see where he inserts himself and gets on his soapbox. But it's still pretty fun. I think, I think, yeah, yeah, because Starship Troopers. I think I've read once a year since I was twelve. Mm-hmm. I was like, just oh my god, I love this book so much. Mm-hmm. But you, you grow up and you read it as an adult, and you're like, wow. Seriously, yeah. capital punishment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, seriously, Bob, in the future, you know? Well, I like how it, just, it eventually comes out in the story, and it's like, okay. It's it's very much a, I'm going to set up a straw man for this issue I'm pissed off about, and solve mm-hmm. it. And here's, you know. This is how you fix it. This is how you fix it. And when you go into it, in 2012. When yeah. You, yeah, when you go into <laughs> it knowing there's an agenda, or at least there's a viewpoint, which you may not know reading it at 12. Yeah. You think it's an adult, obviously, he knows what he's talking about. Well, but on the other hand, you know, you got to give him credit. He did go throughout the entire book, uh, and, and Juan was... We're not sure if this is the best He questions way. it. He, yeah, he know, questions every, everything question. that happens. He works through it, but ultimately he arrives at the conclusion Heinlein wants him to arrive at. But yeah. it, it's, the, it's the best that we've got at this point, well, which is know, always a thing. Well, what, could, I, what I liked about the film, yeah. a co-ed showers. Yeah, well... And that was not in the book at all. 
Oh, I but know. that was in Bob Heinlein's life. Yes. Because he was a nudist. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> Seriously. He was so, 100% let's all get naked. So he's also like polyamorous and a cannibal? Yes. Well, not a not cannibal. Not a cannibal. But, but he knew how to prepare no, human beings. And to. if you've ever seen a photo of the guy, you're like, wow. Really? This guy got that kind of action? But, but you know what? He was an alpha male. He was an alpha male. He was an alpha male. Yeah. And, that, and that tweaks the pheromones. And it's like Asimov. The man was insane. See, he was he was like the King Data, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was he was the the uh, Heinlein was the straight man, and, and uh, Asimov was the comedy relief. Because you know they they uh, during World War Two they were all together, they worked together. Oh, they actually worked together. The, Heinlein got he was in the Navy, and obviously they wouldn't take him for active duty tuberculosis because tuberculosis. Yeah. So he set up. Uh, he was bossing around a group of research scientists. To work on targeting stuff. I think you were. I think you worked on the problem of. Please look this up on the internet later. <laughs> yeah. Don't take our word. Don't for take it. our word. This is this all. This is all. Wikipedia. But it's totally true. It's totally true. So he put together <laughs> this. He, he called all his because he was writing science fiction at the time. Mm-hmm. He knew all these really smart guys, and he's like, "Hey, come and work for me. You're going to work for the U.S. government, helping to win the war." And Asimov worked for him, mm-hmm. and they butted heads at every opportunity. And like Asimov was like, I hate the food in the commissary. And Heinlein's like, you will eat this food. <laughs> there are men in Foxhole dying so you can eat this food. You know, taking a really hard line with it. <laughs> well, I, I think you know, it's always dangerous to label uh, Heinlein because everyone's trying to put him it in is. a box. So he's a conservative. He's a libertarian. He's a liberal. He was everything. He was all it, it depended all on what the issue was. If you read Stranger in a Strange Land and then you read his later work, mm-hmm. and Stranger in a Strange Land is, that's the dividing line. And after that... He goes, he gets all crazy, nudist, having sex with your relatives. Having sex with yourself. Every book ends, yeah, every book ends with, like, this long uh, chapter that's nothing but dialogue of people meeting and doing each other. And it's like, good, dude. You know, I love his juvenile stuff. I love his, 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 his uh, oh, uh, Red Planet. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I read Red Planet first, and then I read Stranger, and I'm like, it's the sequel yeah. Yeah, kind yeah. of. Uh, uh, have space equal travel. Oh, uh, terrific, terrific, terrific! I got to and you learn yet. stuff. You do. You learn. And that stuff. book is yeah. is this is what you need. This is how mm-hmm. you have to go from Earth to the Moon. This is what you need in a spacesuit. This is what it's going to take to go to another star. Um, and it's A B C D. And it, it only slightly has <clears throat> a weird little. Uh, but now here's the thing. And here's how it's it got ties in. in. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, here's how it ties in. To Doc Smith, because they were both celebrations of competent people. That's true. It's true. Because you know, I, I, I was making a, I was making a thing. Well, I can't remember the joke. We talked about the Stephen Golden uh, books that were written based on some Smith. It's treatments. true. It's true. And I said, and I, I believe the joke line. I said, I, I really couldn't get in these books. There wasn't enough men tearing apart things and breadboarding new electronics. It's it's seriously when we talk about Doc Smith, this is a guy, and this is what the anime missed. Entirely. Oh, I missed every by a mile. Mm-hmm. And uh, Doc Smith is a guy. He was born in a poor family. He's like an American success story. Yeah. He was born out in the woods in Minnesota. Yeah, his well, dad was like a, a logger or something. And turn of the century, that's yeah. out there. Yeah. yeah, and he was like a day laborer or something. Yeah. And he got injured, and then he went to college because you know he couldn't physically do yep. manual labor anymore. It is it is the kind of American success story that you know you see on television. Did, you know, From nothing, a... bootstraps, you know. And Did. he knew. There, there's actually a... Steve's a eating book. donuts, by the way. He's eating donuts. There's a book mm-hmm. called Space Hounds of IPC, mm-hmm. in which our, our hero and the, the female lead... I'm done. They're, they're stranded on Ganymede. Mm-hmm. And they their spaceship is crashed. They have nothing but the shirt on their back and the wrecks of their spaceship. 
Luckily, Ganymede has a breathable atmosphere. Which good thing. Is good. Like Mission um, to Mars, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was terrible. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the only movie I saw with like a, a theater full of like, normal people, and the normal people started like heckling it, yeah. you know? You know that's bad. I was yeah. just laughing at that whole thing about, well, we'll just go to this Russian lander and we'll jerry-rig something to boost it into high orbit. What? <laughs> so, so they're wrecked on Ganymede. He builds a forge. Mm-hmm. He mines the metal. He builds <clears throat> the tools he needs. He rebuilds a working flying spaceship and escapes Ganymede. And yes, did it, did it yes. seem plausible? It or does. Except he for the spaceship you part. Want it. Except for the spaceship part. Well, but you have to have the spaceship and you have to know... Oh, this is how our space drive works, you know right. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And the but guy the, is a research a research chemist. He's gone to school. He's mm-hmm. a champion diver. Yep. He is, you know, because mm-hmm. oh, I, I saw you dive at such and such. The girl he's with is like a, a champion tennis player or something, you know. They're they're but, and it's two definitely. really highly competent people who are good at what they do. You believe it. You believe it because these are people that know the theory behind what they're building, and they know how to build it. They know what the wires are made of. They know what insulation is. They know about electric potential. Uh, of course, he's near a waterfall. He can build a generator. You know, all this. He knows what to do, you know. And it's implausible, but, of course, um, the minute you start thinking about how implausible it is to do this, the, the six-legged insect people show up, and there's all sorts of mayhem. <laughs> so, and that that's a great book. I, I enjoy that book a lot. And it's, yeah, you can't convey that kind of plot in, like, a movie or even a TV show, really. Not unless you do montage. People, uh, people are, are, are frightened by those characters. Frightened by a character that challenges them. Well, so many people be, are incompetent. Well, you know, I think this is why we like Japanese cartoons in, in, a, in a, uh, a large way, because so many of the characters <clears throat> in Japanese cartoons start out as kids. I don't know how to be a super ninja. And then you have to train yeah. to be a super... Tomorrow's Joe, you have to train to be a boxer. You have mm-hmm. to train to be good at what it is you do, whether it's mahjong or sushi making or yeah. anything else that golf, anything else they got a manga. Well, the, the, the pachinko manga. manga. That's taking it too far. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> Buddhist priest, his his prayer beads are the exact size of the gates. It all goes back to manga manga. <laughs> yeah, but Japan also has a more different uh, point of view than us because they lost the World War, you know. They got the bomb on them, whereas we just had the baby boom and... The baby boomers had it all and, and you know, it's a hippie generation, you know. Yeah. They had it all handed to them and uh, they were the most important people in the world. And uh, once they grew up and started writing science fiction, it was the new wave. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not going to say there isn't good fiction coming out of the science fiction new wave, but it does not have, it doesn't appeal to that that sense of wonder about yeah, no. that science fiction should have, I, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It's, look at this amazing thing. Look at this, yeah. what we can do. Well, it's the whole postmodern thing, like, let's not progress anymore, let's really lost by progressing. What's, um, what's mm-hmm. destroyed that in America today is science fiction film. Mm-hmm. Because you go to the movies and you Most see... It, well, it's Star Trek. You go to the movies and you see Star Trek. They get on a bus and they go to another planet and they have an adventure. It yep. is easy. It's yeah. not hard. It's not shown as being this difficult. No sacrifice. I can't believe how hard it is to go to another planet. These days we can send a probe to go to the... to drop into the atmosphere of a moon of Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Or Saturn. Saturn. Yeah. And you can't conceive of how far away that is. And we're dropping a probe into the atmosphere of Titan. And just, you know, you think about it for a minute ago. That is so far away. That is so incredibly difficult to design something that's mm-hmm. going to go that far and go into that atmosphere and be able to tell us what it's like. 
on this little speck that's millions and millions and millions and millions of miles away. And people don't care because, oh, I see that on Star Trek every week. I see that on, on Battlestar Galactica. Well, like the probe they just, um, who was it? They just send it off to the moon. It's going to take a few months to even get there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like a lot of people are like, why did it take it so long? And it's like, and well, it's we don't have heavy lift boosters. People do don't know. They think it's stop start, right? It's, yeah. it's you can just and this is one thing you see in Lensman is you know the the ships in Lensman have the inertialist drive, yep. yeah. which takes away inertia, so that if you yeah. give something uh, acceleration, it's just going to keep keep going. Keep going. Keep it's never going to stop mm-hmm. until you tell it to stop, and when it stops, it stops on a dime, which is a little that's, shocking. That's fun. Yeah, it's yes. a fun little device. But again, there is. For, for the fantasy aspect of it, he does deal with the practicalities of the exactly. dendritic intrinsic va- velocity. And if that happens to go out on you while you were traveling at several times you the speed are. of light, <laughs> and you hit a speck of dust, you are a pancake. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of science in the book, and I think it's specifically the Lensman books, because they get so cosmic in scope, they're, they're, people sort of forget about how much science there is in those books. And there is some and, science there. Yeah, and then you got to realize it's written like in the 40s, I mean the 20s to the... Yeah. 50s. Yeah. It's like, we haven't really even touched space yet at that point. Yeah, especially when he wrote Skylark of Space. That was the, the idea that you could put human beings into a ship and go to another star system was, are you nuts? Yeah. That was, uh, you know, groundbreaking Skylark, mm-hmm. which in many ways is, again, it's got two, uh, some scientist characters who are really competent people who are also yeah. brawny he-men. Of course. Have a not neglected Doing their their push ups and sports and no. you know they're social animals. Yeah, you know, they're not they're not. I'm gonna be right here working on my you know. Well, that's another you know postmodern uh, trope. It's like if you're good in science, then you're weak physically. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas like that's true. not really true. The day of the um, you know you can watch uh, serials from the 40s and juvenile books in the 40s. And it'll be like Don Winslow of the Navy or so and so from mm-hmm. such and such college, the Dover Boys or whatever. And they're smart guys. They're also the captain of the football team. And they study, and they try to not, you know, live. They they have fun, but they're not, you know, huffing weed all the time or you know doing the pain. And every, everything is two fisted: the drinking, the womanizing. Well, the, it's not the too learning. Much, you know, the they, learning. They, they, they have the sense of proportion to their right. Own. They're not. Uh, again, it's the '60s, right? And you have to be some drugged out uh, hippie rock star for the chicks to want to do you, you know. And that leads to a lot of people wanting to be drugged out hippie rock stars. And I like drugged out hippie rock stars, but let's face it, Iggy Pop is not going to put a man on the moon. Well, not physically. <laughs> yeah, mentally. Maybe. maybe with the raw power of his voice. But, uh, you know, we should, uh, I, I do want to talk about the Lensman cartoon. Yes, yeah, because I, 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 I like it. It's not Lensman, quote unquote, except for the opening of the film, which goes, yeah. Lensman. Oh, that's that streamline where we'll have to show that. Um, the streamline yeah. dub is terrible. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, the audio mix is Awful. Mm. It is the worst. Oh, what, yeah. Who was mixing it, Jerry? I think it was mixing it. Kyle Mazek, probably. He was at the board? I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's not speaking at all. The sound mix is terrible because it's got this. Yeah, well, it sounds got, like they're, they're speaking dialogue into a megaphone, yes. into a microphone after and then that. On the other side of the room is the speaker playing the soundtrack. <laughs> what, I, yeah. what I like about the film is uh, character designs. It's a guy named either Morabai Murano or Norby Nurano. He's a very unusual He's style. an unusual stylist. Uh, he worked on, on Unico, actually, and I really, especially uh, Unico and the Island of Magic. There's that wizard. And uh, I, I, I like his look. I like the way his, his stuff looks. 
Except Warzel. I mean, I like... I know, I like his Warzel. I know you like his Warzel, War- but that's not the big snake. Yeah, you know? War- Warzel, he looks cool, but he's not Warzel, you know. Yeah. He works He works in the context of the film. I don't know that a dragon, that's... It takes you out of having... Besides, he's not going to fit the toys. It works, but it's like a ending story. Well, it's like a dragon with, like, spider eyes or something, you know? Oh, he, he, well, he, he had, like, ten eyes and 8,000 claws. And yeah, they didn't have the um, the, the barrel aliens either. They, they didn't Trigency show up in the in the TV show? Yes, Trigency did show up. You know, yeah, I, need, I never got to see a TV show. What we need for this podcast is Pat Munson's cider, because she... Yes, she knew it. a big... She wrote Lensman fan fiction. She had a self-insertion Lensman fan fiction. <laughs> she had... Anime s- Lensman fan fiction. She had no. self-insertion fan fiction for everything. Oh, no, it's true. She did. But she, she's good. Somebody's got to keep the Mary Sue flame. Uh, That's warm. right. I saw the Lensman movie. They had a premiere of it in 1984, Los Angeles World Cup. Subtitle. Right. So, uh, all right. So you're in a crowd full of people. Yes. It was who a, are familiar with the source material. Absolutely. <laughs> what was the reaction of the crowd? What the fuck? <laughs> well, because part of the problem is, is that the theater was set up in a convention hall. Yes. Folding chairs. Yes. Not comfortable, and because it was subtitled, the people in the front rows could see, <laughs> the people in the back rows yeah. are doing this, and behind there's like the, yeah. it was really hard to see what's going on. It didn't bother me too much because, you know, you don't really need a lot of subtitles if you know the Lensman books, and even the parts that had nothing to do with the Lensman books, you could figure it out. Well, I mean, like the first scene where he, like, he touches the lens and didn't die. Right. I mean, yeah, the, the transfer of the lens, you know, when, um, you can just pass those down. You know, when Ab- Abin Sir landed on, the, on yeah. Kim's planet. Yeah. You know, well, I, it's I, funny because it's kind of ripping off the Green Lantern, which exactly. the Green Lantern was yeah. 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 so. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big thing eating Akuma Matata, you know. But so. there was um, a lot of people... Well, it, it's kind of weird because there's so much... A con- you know, Worldcon, of course, was primarily the sci-fi fans who... Mm-hmm. Many of which were the... If they weren't reading the books, they were brought in Star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the anime fandom was still nascent and slowly there, so I would say that the uh, the science fiction fans outweighed the anime. Fa- outweighed oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to use the term outweighed. No, they did. Uh, uh, yeah, no, they did. No, I I played at World Cons. Yeah, but they, they it was it was about an eight. I would say it was about a sixty forty mix. I would like to point out uh, how many people were at that World Con. I don't remember the number, but I think it was about five thousand. Yeah, so we have like three times that many people at this. Tiny regional anime show in Atlanta. But on the other hand, I did get to meet Larry Niven and take a picture of Yoshiyuki Tomino with Mickey Mouse ears on his head. <laughs> we should probably need to see that picture. I, yeah. I, I've got it digitized at home somewhere. That's a column. It is. Yeah, that, it is. I blinded that, that, that sounds like album artwork for my podcast. <laughs> I, uh, I, I blinded uh, Larry Niven with my flash, and I apologized profusely. I said, no, that's okay. I was going to get eye surgery one of these days. <laughs> but um, didn't get to meet Jerry Cornelli. I wanted to meet Cornelli. Yeah, but street but boy. anyway, is it nice Cornelli or Pornell? Well, I Pornell. Pornell. I was here. He, he goes on a, the This Week in Tech podcast a lot. Anyway, Lensman. <laughs> um, the crowd was generally favorable because they were seeing something never seen before. That's true. You know, and that was a positive. There was there was fun with some of the action. Nobody was openly mocking the movie. As in, you know, what the hell is going on here? But were people really doing that yet? Well, there's they were always. in 1988. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there were, but there's there's a, a, a sense of respect because we were seeing something, and there there was that cachet of, oh my God, it's a favorite science fiction book that's been made into a movie. True. 
You know, so that yeah. that carried a You're power. You're willing, willing to cut it a lot of slack. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I I think the general tenor is well that was nice that was interesting it wasn't Lensman but you yeah, know nice try nice try yeah. they did uh, sell a good number of the model kits at the con those are great I, I that's another thing I enjoy about the the anime is the model the the design work the mechanical design mm-hmm. is wonderful I really like the way the ships look I like the way all the tech work looks yeah. Even you know the early Britannia CG. It oh yes, yeah. it doesn't move so great. I think the computer yeah. animation was dated like the minute the before the film was finished. Like after they yeah. before yeah. they hit render. Yeah, yeah they were really the, the the one the one item I come away with. I really wanted because Tommy was making the toys for Lensman. Mm-hmm. The one thing I wanted more than anything else because I'm an incredibly stupid idiot. I wanted the stupid lens right. because the lens they sold went around your finger, your wrist, and it was a watch. It was a it was a digital watch that you could wear on the back of your hand, and it's like, well, that's pretty cool, but nobody had them. No. Now the interesting thing about the Lisbon uh, film, it's directed by Kawajiri, right? Mm. Yeah, that was before he went like off the deep end. Well, well the signs. You know, <laughs> you can see their action sequences in the film. Oh yeah. You can see where he's coming from. You can see like, oh, that's where he's going. It's a it. See again, there's a look to that film. It's dark. It's yes. got a lot of neon colors. It's spacey in a way that, I mean, they were like, we're going to do this outer space movie. You know, I, what I would use... The in, Bosconians? In, you know, and, and I, I do want to talk about the design yes. of the Bosconians, because I really like the way they look as aliens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even, even Buzzkirk, he's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're you know, and, and of course in the film, Bosco is just, regular. they can be regular people or aliens or whatever. They're not, yeah, they're they're not aliens, they're just adherents to a different philosophy. I kind of imagine them as Deslock for some reason when I read the book. 100%. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because I'm like Helmuth yeah. is Caldorian. Uh, uh, yeah, Caldorian. Yeah, because they like Because they had like a different blue skin or something. Right? But it, it, and again, it, it goes into the thing where there's Doc Smith being the president. There's a there's a scene where Helmuth in the books mm-hmm. is losing his mind over something, and he talks about the different kind of flush that yeah. would come to his blue yeah. skin yeah. because mm-hmm. of. And it used and, other you things. You know, I haven't seen. I've got all of the Lindsay television series, and I haven't watched it. Yeah, but there is a big. And then what the episodes I have seen seem to be pretty standard. Oh, here's some space people. What are we going to do? It's a very um, TMS-looking yes, show. very much so. Very mid-'80s, uh, um, yeah. Ulysses 31, uh, God Marzi sort of show. Galaxy yeah, were, the, were the aliens, like, off the wall, like how you explained it in the book? Some of them not, were, were a little nutty. But not, but not as nutty as they got in yeah. the books. But there's a powerful... If you read the Lensman novels, you know, Kim Kennison is a Lensman. He can control your mind. He can take over people's minds and make them do... You know, if you need to take over an army base, will you take over the mind of some guy? He goes in, he turns off all the shields. You're in, man. Yeah. You know, they don't do any of that in... Yeah, I Which was, I guess is hard to show <clears throat> graphically. Yeah, which I was... Because I, I watched the anime first, of course. I was like, yeah, you know, 15, yeah. te- 15-year-old teenager punk, and it was for sale at Blockbuster. It was the first, like, anime actually legitimately purchased, not copied from Blockbuster or... <laughs> Got a VHS yeah, copy yeah. from someone on the internet. Well, they, sell, they were selling boots at cons, right? I didn't, I, didn't really, I didn't really go to cons until I was like 18. They were, boy, so. day one, I would go to shows and be um, some guy selling like homemade copies of the English Galaxy Express yeah. movie. Yeah. But so you saw it? Yeah, 15. yeah. Yeah, I saw it. It was like, oh, cool. It was $12. It wasn't 35 So yeah, I bought it. I was like, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Whatever. Let me go watch some more Robin One Half, you know? And. <laughs> I thought, oh, it's based off an English book. And then I remember at the comic book store I used to go to, they had a role-playing game, 
based off. Oh of yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But it was yeah. always shrunk wrap, so I could never really like go flip through it or nothing and read it. So I don't know whatever happened to. It. I don't think anyone. Well, someone had to have bought it because I don't remember it. Well, well you know, role playing games have you know press runs of, like fifty. Yeah, yeah you know? that's true. I think it was either Poli- no, I think it was Gerps. Was it Gerps? Yeah, there was a Poli- yeah, there's Gerps. Yeah. Gerps Lensman. You know, huh. probably it was Randall, like three by three eyes. If Randall Stuckey didn't have something to do with that. I will be shocked. Yeah, I'm, well, because yeah. he is a super gamer. Yeah. Well, he was in the area. The so, host. did you? You where did you get the novels? Uh, I actually got them on uh, Audible a couple of years ago. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, because growing up, I had like like cases for business. So when I read, I can read, but it just takes me a while. It wears me out. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's why I like started getting. A, I got an Audible account. And I've been picking up all these books, and like I've never got to read all these science fiction books that most of my friends grew up reading and all that. So, like, I went through all Lensman, went through all the Foundation, and I started uh, knocking off some Heinlein here and there. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you, they, they always, um, every once in a while, some blog will come out with, like, here's the 100 great science fiction books. <laughs> and I've been yeah. taking them off. You know, I got uh, yeah. uh, Star, uh, Stars My Destination out of the way. Sears of Titans, I read that one. That was Canical for Leibowitz. Yeah. Uh, I just finished Earth Abides, you know. Yeah. Some, some of that old, some of this stuff, I mean, I, I love the, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of the Campbell era. I'm, I'm a fan of this astounding science fiction. Get yeah. it over with in, in you know, yeah. 150 pages. Bam, let's go. We have to put an ad for Listerine up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, did y'all ever and read cools. The Forever War? Oh, yeah. I read um, the second book he wrote. But I, I think I have read the first. Yeah, I, I, Haldeman is a good, solid, you know? Yeah, it was like the, the time dilation stuff. Yeah, was yeah, really yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. He's a good, solid You know, I, there's a story about he, Haldeman, and uh, some other writer at some conference... And they're both talking about their war experience, how it Probably influenced their writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. David Drake. Well, it wasn't a big rebuttal to Starship Troopers. Yeah, it was, sense. it was, it was. Yeah. Which it totally, you know, needed, mm. in my opinion. Well, but, it's never... It's well, he's never asking the audience, you know, what if you guys... There aren't any wars. What are you guys going to write about? Because mm. the audience is like, well, we're nerds. We're not going to go anywhere and do anything. And these guys, at least, you know, they went to Vietnam. They went to Korea. Yeah. They've experienced life beyond... Uh, their parents' basement in the comic book store, you know? That's well, why everybody getting... should travel. At least people should travel. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Travel, travel broadens the soul. And... I first, um, my mom had a friend who was in the Japan, the Japan Society or some sort of um, exchange program. Mm-hmm. And she went to Japan and brought newly liked Japanese cartoons like 1984. Mm-hmm. And so she, I guess, stopped at the bookstore in, in Hanada or wherever and brought us back a bunch of manga, some of which was completely inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> but one of those was um, one of those Lensman, the, the sort of tabloid-sized Lensman, black and white, with the blue ink uh, manga, mm-hmm. which is by Murano. And I'm like, what in the world is Lensman? And I was bringing this stuff to high school. And there's a friend of mine in high school named Vicky McManus who was super science fiction you know, every, you know, the girl is really into science fiction. So yeah. it's Vicky. And she's like, hey, they made a cartoon out of Lensman? Oh, my God. I'm like, what's Lensman? You know, she's like, oh, it's this, you know. So I went to the local. Man, y'all had a cool high school, The things man. we do. Oh, no, we were the nerds. The things well, we, we do when a girl nerd. says you should check this out. Oh, Vicky's. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Come on. It's I do respect her opinion. Um. On matters of science fiction, she was she was actually Dave. You need to read these Doc Savage books. Absolutely. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, you know. But um, I went to the bookstore and I bought. I think Gray Lensman was the first one I bought. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I picked them all up. And I think I still have uh, my copy of First Lensman with the cover ripped off. And I have um, <clears throat> Second Stage Lensman. 
I have a couple of pulps, the original Astoundings for that. Oh, that's cool. Um, Triplanetary, Galactic Patrol, and I want to say pound for pound, I think uh, you get that sweet spot of Galactic Patrol, Grey Lensman, those two, mm-hmm. solid. Yeah, that's about real, what you really need. That's, what went, you went that's where your movie is. That's where, the, if when they do it. I'm curious to see how what Ron Howard does, if he actually gets anything going on this. Yeah, hopefully, I, hopefully they get it rolling right after that Robotech and Akira movie, and yeah. we're good, we're good <laughs> well, to go. Seriously, Hollywood. Those movies never make any money. Yeah. Did you not take enough bath on fucking your your Dragon Ball Evolution movie and your Speed Racer and Uh, your Astro Boy? Green Lantern. And your well, that's not an anime. They're making a they're making a sequel to Green Lantern. I know. They. I don't. They're they're all in. We don't care. You know, they could. How many people could they feed? (laughs) They could wipe out hunger with that money. They could (laughs) save bookstore chains. They could save bookstore (laughs) chains. They could educate children. They could turn America into a first world nation again with that cash. Instead, we're going to make another shitty Green Lantern movie. So a bunch of idiots in Hollywood can build another hot tub. <laughs> Jesus, what are we going to have another real earthquake? And then make a movie of How the hell can they have a Tohoku earthquake? Yeah. And Japan is getting radiated on and shit. And Hollywood is like, dum 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 <laughs> I can't wait for that earthquake. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> Quit making those shitty movies. You know, me, there, there, there can't be an earthquake because the uh, pact with Satan that George Lucas that's signed. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah was the, 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 the symbiont. When, uh, when, when Lucas uh, finally builds his uh, island fortress and moves to it. You know, I'm looking forward to that Red Wings picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, that looks like actually the, really the, good. Uh, the, the Tuskegee Airman yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, this is a picture about Americans. And this is the only time we can have these kind of stories is in World War II. Mm-hmm. Is regular guys who are getting the shit done and facing death and doing the job and, you know, clean cut, all American. And, you know, seriously, I don't care if those kind of people never existed. I don't care if there ever was a, a real, you know, gray lensman. But there needs to be that ideal, the yeah, popular so. culture to for people to say, wow, I should totally try my best here. This is what the gray lensman taught me to do, you know. Yeah, yeah not like professional athlete who, you know... <laughs> Failed his drug test. I know, yeah. I should totally shoot up steroids because that's what my hero did. I should put a shotgun in my mouth because that's what my hero did. I should die choking on my own vomit because that's what my hero did. Nice. I hear it's really cool to strangle yourself when you whack off. Let's do that for a while. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. Are Dan Carradine? How could he go out like that? Really? Didn't you know? Yeah, he yeah, died. That, yeah, that's how he died. He was, no way. Yeah. No, I, I thought you were talking about Michael Hutchins. Well, that too. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Vaughn Bode. But David was Carradine. Yeah. The, the, wow. the best part about the story is Carradine's like prostitute found him. <laughs> yeah. So he was prepping for a hooker. <laughs> uh, what a way to go. And, well, of course, you know, then, then you can get a conspiracy thing. It's just like with Bruce Lee. David Carradine was a threat because of his martial arts skill. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll kill, we'll kill him way after. Yeah. The best it's, part about watching Kung Fu The Legend continues is it's like in Toronto, right? So it was shot all over Toronto. It's like mm-hmm. every time there's there's woods, that's mm-hmm. high park. So it's like, oh, every time there's like a brick wall, it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. I know where that is. David does, does Toronto like subsidize Hollywood like Louisiana? Um, well, it's, Vancouver it's, there's, does. There are certainly tax advantages yeah. uh, to shoot. There's, there's a lot of studios. Uh, the city will do whatever you want. If you want to blow up the street, well, I mean, you know, you saw that last Hulk movie, and they're fighting yeah. in Harlem. Well, <laughs> yeah, well yeah. no, Green, Green Lantern. It took place in California. It was New Orleans. Oh, really? Yeah, it was. <laughs> I was like, my my friend. Why can't it just be New Orleans? There's a, there's 
There's tech in New Orleans. There's aviation industry in, in, in Louisiana. There's some. Well, yeah, there. there's Michu. Michu is like not even close to the CBD. It's like in the well, swamp. Like yeah, it's way yeah. out there. Like you go, you go out there, you find like burning, burned up cars and uh, closed down interstate intersections because they just never bothered. Well, they were like closed before the storm. Yeah, that's what I love about cause we in, used to... in, our, in our theme park. Mm. <laughs> Best idea ever. Nathan. But what I, what I like about driving, we used to go to Acon every year from here, and we drive I twenty right across Louisiana, mm-hmm. and it's it's I flat. Well, no, I didn't yeah, we take twenty, we just take twenty straight, yeah. and it's it, but especially down by the coast, and it's just it's nothing, it's wild, it's yeah. it's out in, in in the it's like the last frontier out there. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't you know seriously yeah. anywhere or five hundred well let's say Oh yeah, I, I was cursing. I've been cursing the hills and the land. I'm like I'm not used to driving in this. Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not nice and hilly here. But, but but to get get back to the Landsman TV series, <laughs> Landsman that's what Lensman. we're talking about. Not um, just, just 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 off because it's something that flew in my head. You know, I think the whole problem with the the Lensman movie and the Lensman TV series was Kimball Kinnison was this callow farm. He was boy a kid. He was, was Luke a, Skywalker. He was a basically, kid. and in the books, he was a cadet. He I mean, started off he as started, number one. The number one cadet at the Space Fighters Training School, right. Galactic yeah. Patrol Academy, which is a five-year school. That's how you know it's real. Five yeah. years. And, and it, I think it's something that they start off with 5,000, it boils down to 100. Yeah, and, and, they, and his they, dad's a founding member and all that shit. His dad? I don't really believe his dad. They, uh, like his distant relations, his ancestors. Well, it was Roderick. Yeah. Roderick was like his grandpa or his dad? Uh, no, it was nowhere. Like great, 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 great. Oh, okay, okay. Like Lensman, like, like Kim Kennison's Lensman happens at least 100 years after, like, Ghost yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm trying. I don't even, they don't, you know, that's the fascinating thing. About Kim Kinnison. He didn't have a mom. They never talk about his home life. Yeah. At no point in the book, he's like, Yeah, I remember back at home, mom would always cook these apple pies. Like, no, he has no. And that's, I, I that's think. Not, that's is, not important, though, because he's like exactly, busy. He's busy, exactly. like, hiding in a corner, psychically looking at the. He's busy blasting. Layout. He's blasting the mind over his a spider. The most yeah. powerful handgun in the universe. That's right. Yeah. His twin delameters. I love that. I love that when when yeah, they meet up with Wurzel and him and Buskirk, they go to the the yeah. the, the, the planet of Delgo, the Delgo? yeah yeah Delgon Delgon yeah <clears throat> where the overlords are and they have the regular you know space aliens the slaves and they just go to the let's just find the biggest building downtown it's got to be the got to be the power generator they just go down they burst in they charge yeah. up all their fucking weapons they charge up every weapon they could steal and yeah. they, here come the, the monsters and they, just, they vaporize them all with the regular weapons yeah. and then like well now it's time to haul out the big boys and it just destroys the buildings all yeah, around like, them like I was thinking like the, the Mayans and the Incans you know just, yeah. just get their gold you know but it didn't really matter because they had the most Sorry, powerfully hand-designed... It's true. Of, give them enough juice. And this is the time in which electricity was like, you give... <laughs> electricity is cool. You have to charge up your, you know, you charge up your, your blaster with just, you know, just plug it in the wall and just charge up. I'm just going to kill Good. things. You can charge up your spaceship. You know, everything just runs on electricity. Right? And don't and forget there. Here's uh, a tip. Uh, the spaceships in Lensman... Uh, you can power your interstellar drive with a diesel engine. Yeah. That was a radical thing because yeah. it, it, it it got him away from any kind of screen that could block the cosmic radiation. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. And, it, and it, because didn't somebody come up with an atomic nullifier? Because they had this thing where they had an atomic pile, and you could it was a mass energy converter, and you would feed it x amount of pounds of iron per hour to deliver so many dynes of energy. And, yeah. And then someone came with a nullifier, and that's why they had to get the diesel that engines. That was on the planet Medon. Yes. Yeah. 
because they go to the next galaxy. The super science. Uh, I, I I enjoyed the uh, that music. Was- Go ahead. Um, well, I, I enjoyed like in triplanetary, like the aliens used iron as yeah. their atomic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they converted into like a liquid form mm-hmm. that's not molten. It's just liquid, or liquid iron. Yeah, yeah whatever. That. And this is like serious chemistry stuff. You know, I'm sure you yeah. can, might be able to. And then they 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 just break it down into this atomic. Yeah, because the Nevians that we have no iron on our planet. Look at this planet with the green, the the, the blue planet around the yellow yeah. side. They have lots of iron. Or Look fish at that. With four legs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's iron floating in space. Yeah. No, they don't even think they're spaceships. They just start melting it down. You know. <laughs> Give me that iron. But the the thing with the whole Maldorians from the second galaxy was so great because they, they, they're going into the power plant going like, that converter box is yeah. putting out X billion dynes of energy, but the wires connecting it are no larger than number two of the Kensington yeah, plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. How is it possible to handle that load? Where are the bus bars? He, he seriously, he can sell it because he knows the, the, the talk. He's the kind of guy, uh, you need electric work on your house, he's going to come in and do it. You know? come, come do it and make it more efficient. But I, what, what, I, what I like, and I think that's what sells the books for me, is you have this cosmic story that spans galaxies, that spans millions of years, and it's the people that get us into that story are, they're down to earth. They're like, I'm going to do this thing, this, this physical thing with, you know, going to this planet, I'm going to talk to these people, I'm going to blow up that thing, you know. Yeah. It's like, what, what the main character is like the elite of the elite, but then yeah. it's not like how most films say, when you have the elite of the elite, it's like, it's easy to them, whatever. Yeah, it's totally not easy for Kim Kinnison. Oh, yeah, God. It's but, yeah, but, totally not easy. But now, like, now, like, the elite person, everything comes easy to them. And, like, film and yeah, books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I, was, I, I was watching TV a while back and caught the tail end of Die Hard 4, Live Free or Die Hard. And I'm watching yeah, the stuff that's going on. It's like, when, 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 this is a cartoon. Yeah. You know, when, yeah. there's, there's a, there's a freaking F-22 shooting at a freeway. How would anybody allow that? Like Die, Die Hard became what it was the uh, antithesis of original. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think to the Lensman books, especially when you get into uh, uh, Second Stage Lensman, I think there's stuff that's going on that is so huge, you couldn't do anything with it on the screen. Like, when you get to the point where you're throwing planets... I think you... Well, okay, that, that works out, but, but like... That'd be kind of cool, but like, when he... Like, he doesn't need to have his eyes open anymore. Yeah, it's hard to that, express that in a film. You know yeah. what... You, hilarious thing? I don't know, maybe... I wonder if Doc Smith accidentally created the whole hurt comfort subgenre of fiction with Kim gets shot to hell and all he his limbs... He gets shot to hell. Yeah. Clarissa is there for him. This is a good segue to talk about Clarissa McDougal and mm-hmm. his use of the female characters... Yeah, which uh, some people on Twitter seem to believe is misogynist, and that is so not. Oh no, Clarissa, yeah. Clarissa is all woman, all competent. Well, you she know, just, that, just as as it's it's more of a reflection of the time period. Yeah, but like, but for the for like the thirties, going you know, strong, competent woman. Yeah, like, yeah, you, well, you didn't have it. I mean, what did you have? You had you had uh, you had that Japanese had mom in that short you showed last. Yeah, time. yeah. Well, I'm gonna do this. So, oh, uh, you, you had uh, seriously. You had Fay Ray in um, King Kong. No, 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 oh. the Wax Museum. Wax Museum, right? yes, yeah, right. I, I think that's she's it. terrific in that. It's like Lois Lane, right? This hard bitten. Give me the story. You know what's going on here. You know, mm-hmm. and that's a, as as independent as you thought. And Clarissa McDougal is the female version of Kim Kennison in that she is the number one nurse mm-hmm. at the number one hospital in the number one. You know, she's mm-hmm. chief, right? Yeah, and she's she became a lensman. She sees, yeah, exactly. She became yeah. the only woman lensman because her mind. And this is where uh, what Smith does in lensman is disturbing to me because the eugenics, the eugenics, because 
Kim Kennison, who is it's it's never stated what ethnicity he is, but he's obviously some big white, you know, <laughs> yeah, big, what, big what? white square head from white guy. He's redheaded, Whiteville, USA. Well, no, she yeah, was yeah. the redhead. Yeah, oh, but he Larissa, was redhead too. No, he, he had brown hair and gray eyes. <clears throat> he has the tawny eyes of the Kennison or whatever. I don't. Okay, well, yeah, they're clearly, clearly, clearly the white whitey McWhite person of the white planet. And <laughs> yeah. this has been the the culmination of millions of years of pushing and prodding by, you know, the Eresians who are trying to uh, further civilization in the galaxy by producing these super people that are going to be... To make a weapon yeah. that would wield the shot that would kill the yes. Eorians. I kind of yeah, like yeah, how yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, our, our civilization's a weapon. And that disturbs me yeah. in a way that, that you can... And it works... More, more a, disturbing than the uh, apparent sexism or whatever. Well, it's... it's, it's yes, certainly. But it's well, a really mechanistic view of what you need for a civilization is we just need people with the right genes. Well, but it, it gets a little bit more because not only do the Eresians were pushing this around since since Atlantis, yeah, but the head doc, uh, head doctor, and the uh, head of uh, oh, Lacey, 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 and, and uh, Port Admiral Haynes, Port Admiral Haynes, they're right in there going, yeah, we got to get those two what a pair of skeletons, what a pair yeah. of skeletons, we got to get them hitched up. Well, you know, and see, I, because you know, he he wrote Galactic Patrol, and then he, you know retrofitted everything into this sweeping story. And I can't help but think that he saw this what a pair of bones exchange between Lacey and Haynes, and he's like, wow, you know, they're right. Because that's what, you know, people, everybody does that. Those two want to get together. They may have the great kids, you know. And it's it's the logical conclusion, really, if you have this this Aresians, this ultimate super race that's trying to do good things throughout the universe, and they're going to try to do this and that. But, again, it, it works on this... Astounding science fiction level because Joseph Campbell was really big. Sorry, John Campbell was really big into. <laughs> if you you will get to when you read Robert Heinlein, you get to a book he wrote called Sixth Column, which is about how the evil Asiatic hordes conquer the United States of America, and uh, they're defeated by the United States Army Secret Research Division, which develops a ray that only kills Asians, specific Asians even, because you oh. can set you can separate out like Han Chinese. They can from... find. I don't think they do that. Well, I thought they did. No, they or they turned they off the dead. It's part. just Asian, not Asian, because yeah. it's the Pan Asian coalition yeah. that yeah. conquers America with their rockets. Yes, yes. But uh, the, that book was written before World War Two. So, I mean, and that's that's what people don't get about America's uh, hate and fear of the Asian nations. It was started by the Kaiser. Kaiser Wilhelm was convinced the white people had to band together yep. and defeat the yellow. He was he invented the phrase the yellow peril, mm-hmm. and the entire la- latter half of the 19th century, first half of the 20th century in the United States was oh my, especially the Hearst Papers. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, the Asians are coming. They're going to come <laughs> over. They're going to take our. They're taking our jobs, you know. And and, and they passed. <laughs> well, they passed amazing laws forbidding Japanese people from owning property. Yeah, and you know we talk about World War Two and this and that. But there were some actual grievances the Japanese had oh, against I, the United I can't States. Dis- I can't disagree. Certainly, with that. in the terms of again, historical yeah. context. Yeah, and, and who got put in camps? It was the Asians, and the Canadians did it too. But the, on the bonus side, at least they weren't death camps. No, and I, I think it is safe to say, given the tenor of the no, there's time, no, there's no comparison. No, no, no. But but yeah. given the tenor of the time, I think a lot of World War II, a lot of Japanese would have been killed by ignorance. Well, there was yes. The, the original plan was we're going to take the Japanese citizens and they're just going to move to yeah. inland states that aren't yeah. in these vital defense areas on the Pacific Coast. And everybody in Idaho and Colorado said, Arizona, like, you're not, <clears throat> we don't want them. Yeah. Can't, do not bring them here. So Same thing with Gitmo. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right we don't want them. Or the Palestinians. We don't want mm-hmm. them, yep. you know. And luckily, things well, worked out for the best for all concerned, yes. I believe. 
better than the alternative. Yeah, that's what I liked about the Captain America movie. He had uh, Nisei. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He was in it. That's Gabe Jones. Yeah, yeah there's, there's one thing, and, and it's going to sound horrible. You know, they, they didn't really deal with it in the Captain America movie. They did not actually say upright anything. But when, you, when you've when retconned Nick Fury to be Sam Jackson... You can't have Nick Fury in that film, no. You, yeah. you can't have him leading the Howling well, Commanders. No. <laughs> you know, just, Which, but he was there. But I don't so, know how they're going to work that. It's it's going to be well. Yeah, well, I know. considering you have that Nick Fury in like in like modern times now, yeah. as like a yeah. 40, 50 year old guy. He he'd still he'd be too young for World War Two. Yeah. Well, they're probably going to play with that they, whole they did life extension. They did some BS in the comics. Yeah, it was. I, 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 story. At one point, I was buying everything that had Nick Fury in yep. it, <laughs> and this was back before he they brought it back. So it's like, but anyway, Lensman. So Lensman, Lensman, Lensman. Inspired comic books. So you know the, the toys are great. I want to say I, I do have the Big Britannia. It's got a Q gun that pops out and shoots a little rubber ball. It's got little <laughs> ramps that your little spaceships roll down. It was part of that era in the eighties when everybody was putting wind up mechanisms in yes, their toys. Yes. So you push the button and it does. Well, it seemed oh, like everything. Tommy did because Tommy did a lot of the little wind-up robots. They did Zoids. Their uh, yeah. Edeon toys did weird things. Tommy made Edeon toys. Tommy made the Edeon toys, and there was some. They were Edeon toys, and uh, yeah, it wasn't Bandai. No, no, it wasn't. Bandai. It wasn't Bandai. It wasn't Clover. It wasn't Takatopia. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was Tommy, which you know makes your head stretch because. Tommy was making anime toys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, how many anime toys have I thrown away yeah. as a kid, not even realizing it? Like, the, the, the GoBots that was actually the no, Space Adventure. Yeah. Oh, the Cobra? Oh, the it was Cobra. also the Cobra. Do you need one of those? I wouldn't mind. I, 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 I bought one, and then I, I, keep, I keep seeing it in antique malls. And sometimes Lady has been pried out of it. What? Who would take Lady out of the car, of the future car, you know? People are ignorant. Ignorant. I think I. Still I don't want my child playing with anything that has a sexy robot in it. <laughs> How do you even tell those? Yeah, I know. It's this little... big. Well, some people can. <laughs> I don't know. What I love but, about buying that is, is you buy it at the, the, the antique one. That's one of those transformers. I'm like, sure, it's a transformer. You're right. You, you do yeah, it. I love the price for it. Yeah, and it's like five bucks. And and I like, I'm totally not going to get into it with you about exactly what this is and where it comes from and why I'm buying it. I'm just like, it's kind of strange because the Lensman movie and shows they came out at a time. Just before the first collab, there wasn't a whole lot of support merchandise in the in a printed world. I think they were expecting to get a little more international traction out of that. And yeah, they just never got it. It was, it was definitely geared for selling internationally. I mean, that's why they were at Worldcon. It was like you know, look here's, at this. Here's here's something I don't know. Was Lensman shown in Europe? Did it crack the European market? I want right. to say I read that it, it did. Th- this goes back to the thing there, and you can you can fill in the names because I'm always bad with the names of things there. I thought that the overall design, the philosophy of the design, was very European slash French geared. It, it did have yeah. It did have a slight. There's some Mobius going on. Yeah, particularly it, oh, in the, the space aliens. I don't know if you're going to be able to log in. Yeah, because it's... Well, I, got, I, got a, I got a 4G card. Yeah, you're recording a podcast. We are recording a podcast. This um, is a podcast. I do want to... While I'm talking about uh, European things that were big in Europe, mm-hmm. Captain Future was oh, yeah, an sure. anime based on a pulp fiction by Edmund Hamilton, mm-hmm. called Captain Future, obviously, from the same era as Lensman, a more, certainly more childish... Yeah, Doc Savage in Space. Doc Savage in Space with, with less... Less women. I don't know, Joan Randall. Yeah, yeah. But but Captain Future was... The, the Toei show was from 1978. Right. Um, 
Let's find something that's, that was inspiring Star Wars and get it a cartoon. Yes, yes, yes. And it was remarkably faithful to the original Pulse. It was. Huh. Yes. Did you, and, and Which is good because some of those Pulse are nutty. And actually, really, I enjoy reading Captain Future Pulse. They're terrible. Yeah. The, they're they're uh, even worse than Doc Savage novels in terms of readability. It's like clunk, clunk, clunk. God, come on, clunk. Is it, clunk. but is it like funny when you, like, you summarize it and you go over what exactly the character yes. did in the progress yes. of the story? It's yes. like, well, even in Lensman, you could do that. Like, Kimball would break into a base, figure out how to disable the system, take over the mind of a dog, and unplug a battery. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> they have thought screens. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, you know, I, I'm digressing again. Lensman, the mental, the ESP powers of Lensman are, is out of this whole school of thought in, in 40s, 30s, and yeah. 40s science fiction that not only we were going to get, we were going to learn about nuclear power and space travel, we were also going to learn inside. about psychology. We were going to learn how the human mind works. We were going to finally, Duke University was going to figure out this ESP thing. We were going to be able to talk. We were mental telepathy. We were going to, in the future, human beings are going to evolve further and our mental powers are going to become stronger. It's like the X-Men, right? Yeah. You know? I, I'm stretching my brain here. It, ran, it, ran, in, it ran in Spain. Was there? In 1994. Oh, that's not bad. Go Spain. Did, um, was there any telekinesis in, in Lensman? No. Uh, no, it was, it was all viewing. Strictly mind reading. Yeah, it was mind all. Mind reading and mind yeah, control. All. Yeah, like all specs. And so there, there was none of the, 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 the using the... There's no blasting with... Well, there were occasional he things does, about yeah, blasting with, you know, he, mental... He, yes, mental force. Sheer shouting. mental yeah. force. He can kill you with sheer mental force. I can kill you with my mind. But uh, as, as he does uh, in the end of Second Stage Lensman. But, you know, in a way... Well, the ultimate in children lens, too. Well, yeah. Going back to the sexism, that's pretty funny, because, like, these four girls and one boy, children of uh, Clarissa and uh, Kimball, the, they all mine together and make one mind. But the, the unit. The unit. Who but the girl... But the girls... The girls, like, okay, we'll let... Uh, the sun run it. Well, it, it's, that's that's the thing. Each each uh, uh, child partners up with one of the the second stage lensmen, and they all put their minds together, and they're all trained to become, and they all become like each each one supplies a different aspect of. I've got the drive. I've got the scope. I've got the the intellect. I've got the you know. And they all yeah. use their you know. It's this really vague. It's the equivalent yeah. of firing a magic force beam in, in a Japanese mm. cartoon. And it's a lot of. I, I'm, really? I'm not entirely happy with Children of the Lens. No, it was, it was kind of retarded. It, it, well, I think it needed another book after. Well, the, he, of course he was probably... I, I mean, I don't mind the idea of, like, they have four kids. They're all super... But it, it's... Became like well, it's it's kind of funny. It's like how much did Lensman the book influence anime? <laughs> because because <Yeah. laughs> you had like the Shonen Power Crawl, and then in the end you have like the ultimate like a uh, Sentai team in a mm-hmm. sense. Well, and, and, and that that's definitely kind of a prototypical thing there because it does do that because mm-hmm. Kinnison yeah. builds up his stages. He he powers up. He does. Power. Yeah, he, 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 he even trains. And yeah, he trains, he trains, and he, he trains and he trains and he trains. He learns from his mistakes. Yeah. yeah, and he makes some bonehead ones in there. People don't do in fiction, at least not the fiction I've read. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah, that's that's really it's like it's it's one of my main problems, especially with the Harry Potter stuff. Was especially yeah. the first film, Harry Potter's Jesus. He walks around and says, "Oh, it's Harry Potter," and they give him what he needs. Mm-hmm. At the end of the film, he had like the thing he needed to save the world was in his pocket all the time. He could have stayed at home. It's like Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Indiana Jones could have stayed at home and everything would have been fine. They would have taken the Ark to hit, to Berlin and opened it for Hitler. The or they may have never found it. Or they may have never found it. That's yeah. right. He could have stayed at home they would have never found it. But what's wrong with that? It would not have been any fun at all. 
Thank you for ruining my childhood there. Uh, it's well, true. Well, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, after you explain it that way, it's like, oh. Well, you, wow, you, you kind of want to go into a kind of a retcon thing and go back and say, well, okay, Temple of Doom took place before Raiders of Lost Ark. So now, let's go to Raiders of Lost now, knowing that movie. is. Hey, some weirdo tried to rip my heart out with his mind. I'm not leaving this city. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> as far as Captain Future goes, it was really popular in Europe. Captain Flan. Yes. Yes, yeah. the theme song was this techno German thing. Um, people still, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. work, you know. Yeah. It's and, and flan, it achieved flan, flan, it achieved a kind flan. of success that completely eluded Lensman. <laughs> and I think it's because it was very toyetic. It was it was toyetic. It had a more accessible, <sighs> a little more accessible. I think. I think Lensman, as much as I like the design, it's a little cold. It's a little little mm-hmm. unemotional. There's, there's also, a, uh, well, it, was that, a, it was a time period, though. Well, it's it was 80, really, 1984, right. and anime was dying. It was yeah. like this, this death knell of, of, you know, because the kids were growing up. They were all too busy mm-hmm. to watch cartoons. I, I think there was something that was hurting on Lensman because so much stuff in anime had taken bits and pieces from the Lensman mythology and concepts. If you think about it, I mean, the giant battle order, the, the ships having the giant battle somewhere, Yamato 2. Oh, it's true. And it's true. setting up it's the true. fleets and doing the tactics and getting the mm-hmm. uber weapon that doesn't work and then something else works. And Well, yeah, I will yeah. say, you know, Shitaru Ishimori was at the World Con in 61. They were familiar with the American canon yeah. of science fiction mm-hmm. uh, works. So I mean, look at Tomino and and Starship oh, yeah. Troopers. For, so we, we so we got these things. So we've got so many aspects of Lensman or, or bits and pieces or flavors or tropes or whatever. Well, so they had they were under pressure, I think, to be we can't copy. And then of course there's Star Wars. Well, and, that's and, well, yeah, Star Wars is the big elephant in the room with all anime. See, see, and that's the fascinating thing is Star Wars is 1977, and people categorize, and the Lensman film is really derivative of Star Wars. But it's like. It took you guys eight years to come out with this, a Star Wars ripoff? Yeah. Come on, guys. I mean, they had Message from Space done in like 30 minutes. And thank God. And thank God. Well, 84, was that like, that was around the time. Jedi. Jedi, yeah. yeah. So, Star Wars was done. Yeah, so, so was but, but it was still like, you know, that's it's kind of its peak of popularity as well. It's true. So that was fresh on their minds. And when you watch one, you watch the rest pretty much. This is one of the other tragedies, just to throw in another 1984 story. I did not know until after it happened that they had a marathon showing of uh, three Star Wars movies in the theater, in, you know, 35 millimeter yeah. in the theater, and it was like an all-night thing. And Hamill, Carrie Fisher, wow, you know, the other people showed up and hung around. And in 1984, Carrie Fisher was still hot. Mm-hmm. She was still pilled up. She was still, but... I bet know, that would have been awesome. It would have been. Off the wall. Didn't have a thing to do with it because it's like, oh, I, I, I can't stay up that late to watch the Star Wars movies again, again, again. You know, <laughs> yeah, missed out. I might have hooked. No, 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 no. 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 Let's pull no. that bubble real quick. Uh, we'll go on there. But uh, poor Carrie Fisher. You know, she was talking about how like like she didn't get her her. You know, no one signed likeness rights. Uh-huh. Like, they didn't keep their likeness rights. So every time there's a Princess Leia thing that uses her image, yeah. she gets nothing. But they did get... They, Lucas did get they a bunch points, of merchandising. Right? Yeah. Do they get points? Yeah, okay. they do get points on overall merchandising, and it, they don't have to work. No. <laughs> yeah. As Lucas builds his fortress island. I wish Harrison Ford would go back to the carpentry, because he... <laughs> he has carpentry. been picking some bad scripts. Oh, oh I gotta say. Yeah, he... But it's funny because his career really is three movie. I mean, well, 
two movie franchises and a movie, really. Yeah. Well, All the rest are like kind of. He was doing pretty good with the Tom Clancy stuff. I liked for a Witness. While. I thought Witness was mm. okay. But I saw that Firewall film he was in. Oh, god awful. It had Marilyn Rathscub from Mr. Show in it. <laughs> She's awesome. And 24. He was in 24. No, Mar- oh, Mar- yeah, 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 yeah. She was in 24. Yeah. Nerd, nerd hottie. She's always got that scowl. Uh, like something smells bad. Piss on it. <laughs> <laughs> Who farted? Well, I, I watch way too much Mr. Show. Nothing wrong with that, but uh, yeah, you know it's it's um. What 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 what's, what's, what's so much I'm, going against it? I'm looking at the box for this the the streamlined release of Lens. It's Lens. a horrible design box, and it's a horribly designed box. Yeah. It it's says film and video though. It's and you know an awesome combination of hand drawn animation and mind blowing computer graphics. <laughs> well, it does blow your mind when you watch it. It's got a quote yep. from Michael Upchurch from the Seattle Times that says. Lensman is high adventure. Comic book gothic comes to life. This was sold as this epic, amazing science fiction awesomeness for, you know, and it's a streamlined picture, so it's it's sold as an animation. This is animation for adults. This is yep. serious stuff. This isn't your kiddie stuff. Like, no, no, actually, this is nonsense for kids. Yeah. This is, this is pulp science Straight fiction. Up. Do not take this seriously. And people went into the theaters when, when it showed art. Because it made the art house look good. My my wife went to see it in Toronto, at the Bloor, you know, and the audience was laughing at it. They were like, "What in the world is this picture?" Yeah. You, you're gonna put the box on with the cast, right? You're gonna put a picture of the. Yeah, I'll put it on the yeah. blog or something. Yeah. I I, I want to point out the fact that you can barely see the hero of the movie anywhere He's, on the yeah. front. Yeah, you. Th- when I first saw it, I thought image. he was the hero. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Dead alien. No, he's like the dead guy. I'm the dead guy. Yeah, I died in the first, like, two seconds of the movie. Terribly. And there's there's much better production art from that film. There's much better production art they could have used. But again, as you say, it was his best film. Best film. They, they had a production budget of, like, $2. You know who should be in on this is Tim Eldred. Yes, he should. He, uh, he did the comics, right, for Eternity. Because, uh-huh. because, seriously, that became, for some reason, they figured we can make a buck off doing our own comics. Out of Lensman, out of we're gonna do we're Americans and we're gonna do American manga style comics based on this Japanese film based on this American book, and they were not allowed to use anything that had not appeared in the anime. The Smith Estate was not happy with that film, and they said you can make your stupid comic book, but you can't use anything that did not physically show up in this cartoon. Well, so I, I, were, I think Tim got around that cool. with going to Black Patrol, the anime series, somehow. Because it was grandfathered to the movie. Well, there's more stuff in the show. Yeah. But it's still, it still, it, it was abandoned so many concepts. Yeah. Like, you know, and everybody who knew Lensman was like, oh, Jesus. But it was Eternity Comics. They had, oh, boy, they were, there's no bandwagon they wouldn't jump on. Well, it was that independent comic boom, the, the second yes. comic boom. And, um, yeah, the, the stories of, like, how they, it was cheaper just to hire someone to write in. A whole new comic book based yeah. off instead of localizing it. History's definitely showing that's really not really an efficient business model. That was um, you know over and over they make these bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. Well, Malibu, Malibu. Uh, Tim, Tim, Tim will hope. I don't know if Tim will speak on things because naturally he has to not burn he's, bridges he's, or potentially he's, burn bridges. He's discreet. He's, he's discreet and he's a very professional mm-hmm. person. So I'm not speaking for Tim in anything here. I'm not telling any tales out of class. But my impression as an outsider who saw Tim working with things, they just were hoping that, like many companies today, they could leverage these things into selling something to somebody else for a bunch of money. Like a, 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 an, a, 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 an internet startup that 
will turn into the There's, next. The, the guy who started Eternity Comics, it turned into Malibu. Mm-hmm. He, he bought Malibu or whatever. Right. He sold that to Marvel, so he cashed out on that. He started, I, I want to say, the comic book company that did Cowboys and Aliens. That's the same guy. I think and so. He, I think he started so. that comic book company strictly to create properties to sell to Hollywood. Yeah. And it's completely cynical. It's but it's California thinking. Well, it's everywhere thinking. Yeah, I mean, yeah, every, because everyone's trying to emulate that now. Everyone wants a piece of that Hollywood pie because that's the only thing they see as making money. When it's like it's Tokyo Pop, right? We're gonna yeah. have all these OEL <laughs> properties, and and hopefully, like we'll throw a million things to the wall, and if something sticks, great. We're in. How, how's that Princess Eye movie coming along? <laughs> I'm sure it's gonna be wonderful. <laughs> I have high hopes. But it's like it's like going back to like you know the old way of thinking, like. If you wanted to be a rich, powerful person, you build railroads, or you mine coal, or yeah, you, yeah. you make electric, electrical, useful, you make electrical power plants. And it, now everyone's you, thinking now is you gotta get, you gotta get a, you gotta sell it to a bigger company, or you gotta make a hot Hollywood property. You have to find a stupid kid who's got a hot property and make him sign a contract so that you own his property, and then you find someone to sell it to. You know, it's, it's kind of a weird thing because it's almost becoming a, a joke because. All the thinking is, if I can create something that somebody wants, but I don't have to actually physically do something, yes, mm-hmm. then then I can make money. It's it's people all shifting money around. No one wants to do the shit work. That that would actually physical. Item. You know, building people, the car, or building the railroad. You know, everyone wants to be the distributor. Yeah, even though the distributor is yeah. now out of the circle. No one wants to create. They want to eat the but they don't want to go to the store. We see this on the internet with like so many sites are just aggregators. You know, like Mm -hmm. here's a bunch of cool stuff. Here's another bunch of cool stuff. Here's a bunch of cool stuff some other people did. You know, you see this on blogs all the time. You write a blog, and then there'd be like some robot taking your your post, posting it as or it's a summary. Like like if you ever like dig into a story, like someone's pretty much summarized the blog entry they read, and then that blog entry summarized another blog entry, which summarized a news article. Yes. Yes. And, and that's what the news is nowadays too. It's all yeah. action lines and yeah. Uh, now it's going in a big circle and it's eating itself. Yeah. Well, at least we're really well informed about the Kardashians. I, I know have what no they idea. do at all times. I say I just I, 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 I I'm, I'm confused. Like, well, how is she famous? Okay. She's famous she's because she said so. She's got a big ass and a sex tape, yeah. as they say on on talk soon. Yeah. I think that's a lot of what's going on. Is, is that there are people who are famous because they say they're famous, mm-hmm. and somehow. If you get the right person to say yes, you're right. It happens. I have to pay attention to you. Well, she's got a show on E. But that's that. That goes into the whole. Net. Think, you're not they, making anything. They, you know, this goes. Wait, I can tie this back into into Doc Smith and the philosophy of Lensman. No, I like this. I can't. This, this is how we got to do. Well, they did it. I read that they did a survey and they surveyed kids in school right now, like age twelve, and they asked them what's what's the most important thing. In life, and they're like to be famous. That's yeah. the most. That's the value they hold is being famous. That's where, where, where does being famous even mean? But where's yeah. that one kid who filled out the questionnaire that says crush your enemies? Yeah, exactly. Driven before exactly. you, exactly. listen to the limitations exactly. of the women. And you know what? That's a terrible thing. But at least it's accomplishing something. You know, I mean, crushing enemies is not necessarily a bad thing. Attila the Hun. Hey, he did a lot. He did a lot of bad things, but he did something. He didn't watch he television. Did. He wasn't famous. He didn't. For he didn't sit in the basement of his mother's yurt talking yurt. about. Look, those mountains of skulls are not going to pile themselves. That's right, okay, guys. Let's he didn't it. just go up to an historian and go, "Hey, I'm a powerful warlord," and then it happens. You know, <laughs> he actually worked. Him. Hey. Insert name of certain voice actor who I may have not be at this convention with a spike on it. <laughs> no, seriously, 
um, Lenzen is a celebration at heart of competence. Competence, you know, and and mm-hmm. sure, maybe it's competence because a million zillion years ago, super powerful space beings or merely brains, space bra- yeah, space, space brains. brains decided to manipulate gene lines. But you so know, take there's something space though, amoebas. Everybody has that in them. Everybody They're does part of that. I think I would. I would. I think Kim Kennison was going to do it, whether his genes told him to or not. Yep. Yeah. You know because. Somebody's going to be... Stubborn motherfucker. He's going to be a stubborn motherfucker. You know, he's going to say, no, damn it, those wheelmen shot me 84 times. I'm going to go back and kick their ass. But first, I'm going to build something. I'm going to build a device and that will let me kick their ass so hard. And again, with the training thing, he puts on the armor and he got the quick firing gun and said, okay, guys, start shooting. We got to know if it works. Yeah. You know, and everybody's like, shit, I did love that, 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 uh, that battle with the crazy armor that he didn't, he didn't need to see out of. So, you he know, didn't have to good. see out of it. It reminds me of like, the, the guy who dressed up in all the armor and went on a shooting spree through a town. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because I, I kind of picture in some way that basically Kim Kinnison climbed into the big guy suit mm-hmm. from the comic book and oh, cartoon. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, he's just inside this thing and with, like, Two feet of everything. See, that would work really well, you know. And what, what what's great about that sequence is Kim is like, you know, well, I'm going to go into that base and take those screens. And he's going. There's do an it. entire fleet. There or, or the, the the civilization's grand fleet is ready to attack the super powerful base. And Kim's like, well, I'm going to go in there and turn those screens off. And the, Haynes is like, what happens if you don't turn those screens off? Yeah, you know. And, well, and he's like, <laughs> well, then I'll be dead, and you'll be starting the damnedest war the galaxy ever saw. You know, <laughs> and he turns the screens off, and he he's in his super space armor, and uh, Helmuth is in his super yeah. space armor, and <clears throat> Helmuth has got his machine gun set up, and it's just automatically yeah, firing, like... <laughs> and they roll into the line of fire, and Kim Kennison's armor is strong enough to withstand the bullets, and Helmuth says not, he just gets totally riddled, and there you go. <laughs> But wouldn't that you love to see awesome. that? That's a great sequence. Yeah, because, I mean, and, and that's Hollywood. That would work really well. That would be Hollywood because, you But know, they wouldn't, I, I don't think they'd do that. I yeah. Think, I think they'd have him behind the torch, like, oh, he died, and then he, like, takes him out or something. He'd, like, he'd have some, he'd have some, some quippy comment. No. Yeah, it wouldn't he'd have be. To, he'd have to grab him, and yeah, he would go up, to the edge I'm of I'm taking a, you to jail. You're and, under arrest. And then Helmuth would whip out that hidden gun. He'd have, like, had. police lights on his shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Helmuth would pull out his secret gun so that Kim could shoot him. Look and out then, behind you, Kim. And then yeah, instead of like he'd staring, fall down yeah, a pit, yeah, yeah. and Kim would try to save him, yeah. but he'd fall to his death. Yeah, Falling to his death is one of those big, big overused things nowadays. Yeah, an automatic turret firing at you and the guy you're fighting is way cooler than like knocking the gun out of his hand and you're trying to reach for it across the room. So what I like about uh, the lens when they have those semi-portables that are these enormous uh, tripod-based uh, luggable machine gun things. That's you've got your automatic machine cannon. That mm-hmm. is probably firing twenty millimeter shells or whatever. Yeah, and you've got like a super powerful laser beam blaster melting ray on it in this one double barrel thing that you have to have armor to lug around. You know, some of the uh, some of the people wearing costumes downstairs. If they discover those, I gotta build yeah. one of those. See, if they make and listen to me, Ron. Listen to me, Opie. If you make a lensman film. You need to go for that market of the costumers and the people that love... Get the Nerf license. The Nerf license. I want a Nerf delameter. Delameter. 
and it's semi-portable, dude, you're in, but you, you're you in But you can't market guns as toys anymore. That's true. How it has they, to be But no, well, Nerf is making Nerf, yeah, Nerf is they're selling it. guns like crazy. And they're making it a thing where you run around in the street and but, shoot each other. Yeah. But they're not realistic guns. They're like bright they're neon well, yellow. Well, yeah, they're well, they're 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 bright paint. neon yellow. No <laughs> one's saying it can't be neon. It's the future, yeah. right? Yeah. Guns maybe need to be bright neon yellow. You know what I, what I also like about the Lindsman books is... There's this real. It's it's got these 1940s values, the social values. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna go to a ball. Everyone's dressed up nicely. It's like yeah. we're having that right now, right? We're having yeah. uh, last night. They had the, the ball here, and he took criticism for that. Even in the 50s and 60s, like, why would people be like this in the future? It's like, well, who knows what society's gonna be like? It's not always gonna be you know Barbarella, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> people why might be a little classy in the future, man. Maybe it'll be a madman future. Ob, that's what it needs to be. It's the classy future of the future. Not this crazy sci-fi future, but, you know, you're watching uh, UFO, Gary Anderson. It's 1980. Yeah. Everyone's wearing turtlenecks, you know. Yeah. I wish jackets. Like I need a Nehru jacket. And pink wigs. No, I don't need a pink wig. Sure. I do? Yeah. But, yeah, if they do make the movie, it needs that, definitely that pulp. Oh, 40s, God. 30 Gigantic machines and... and Everything is steel and polished. But steel. Well, it's got to be. It's got to it's, it's you know? be. Yeah, nuclear pump. It's got to be like those industrial films Atomic. from the fifties, where you see the electric generating plant yes. there, but it's clean. It's clean. It's clean mm-hmm. and it's bright. There's a big hum. It's monolithic. Yeah, yeah. you know the, the whole. It's, it's that I think they call that kind of architecture brutalism. Well, it's modernist. But it's also, oh, shit, I can't think of it right now. Not Bauhaus. No. Not No, Deco. no, the um, like hits Batman it. anime series uh, style. Art Deco. Art Deco, yeah. exactly, yeah. And that's, that's a little overused, you know? Yeah. But it works for, for that kind of thing. But, Len, but Lensman is a clean future. It's not a dark dystopian. No. No. You know, even even when um, Kinnison... It's like a hardy uh, future. It's not yeah. even. It's not like Star Trek, like Roddenberry, like utopian future. It's not a utopian future. It is actually. They talk about. There's a sequence in the books. They talk about how the hell do we pay for all this? And and yeah. Keynes is like, well, you know what? We've cleaned out piracy, and we have trade in between planets thanks to our advanced science. Taxes are minimal. taxes are the lowest they have ever been ever, and people are free to go about their business. Yeah. Now that we don't have, we're too smart to have wars. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing they never talk about. Well, they talk about it really briefly in Lensman is religion, mm-hmm. and it's it's another trope of science fiction of the fifties is that people just are not going to be religious. We're just too old for that. Or, or it's personal. Mm-hmm. It's just basically personal. Or it's like him going clono, yeah. holy clono, or we have our spaceman's god that we swear to. Van Buskirk is serious about his religion, though. I mean, seriously, I don't see how you Tellurians worship that little god. He doesn't have nearly enough claws see, and teeth. And we gotta get the movie made so Brian Blessed can do the voice. Oh God, yes. You know he's got to. Bur- the but voice- see, I don't see him as British. Van Buskirk has to be. Well, he's Dutch. He's yeah, Dutch he needs he needs the Dutch. And, you know. But it, but it needs to be a kind of boisterous, lively, lively. It's got to be oh, the, the yeah, kind of- yeah, it'll be British accents. Do not don't. Go don't, don't, don't. Do don't. not make Helmuth British. No, no, no. Indian, maybe. No. I'm going to no. kill you now. Thank you very I much. want standard, cross the boards. White bread, middle of the road. It's, it's Invite your own, invent your own accent. Yes. Yeah. Make them talk like Brie Thai. I don't know. <laughs> well, I want, it, I want it to be, and it, what it is, is science fiction written by a guy from the Midwest. Yeah. And it's got this real, I mean, what's... First Lensman, the, the flagship is the Boise, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Chicago, you know? Mm-hmm. It's this real hardy Chicago kind of yeah, science Midwestern fiction. Yeah, blue-collar field. Yeah, it's you know? blue-collar. 
the Pittsburgh. They like they have a big battle over Pittsburgh, you know. Yeah, the battle of Pittsburgh where they take all the iron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They <laughs> suck all the iron out of Pittsburgh. You know? It's it's this this big big shoulders American gonna John Henry mm-hmm. kind of stuff, you know? Then that's where it comes from. It comes from out of this American mythology. Dreadnought too. Dreadnought. I like dreadnought. that. Isn't that Love a great that. word? Just the best word ever. And then Super Dreadnought. Yeah, yeah Ultra Super Dreadnought. dreadnought. Oh, and then the uh, the Central Control Ship, the X. The Dextrix. Yeah, yeah. X, it, it's got a X C seven three something like that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that. And, and honestly, I mean, they do that now, right? Because and, you can go, and they've got the big screen. You know, like they, you're looking at. Yeah, that's all that. that Actually, it's a control ship. Exactly. And, and then the uh, computer technology that explains like all the physical like wires and transistors and all that. In the Lensman and books, the mechanical comparers. In, in the Lensman mm-hmm. books, a computer is a guy at a desk with an adding machine. That's what a computer is. And slipstick, a lot of slipstick yeah. work. <laughs> no, but if you've seen Yamato Resurrection, yes. which is showing tonight at 7, the third bridge of the Yamato is now the Directrix. Yep. Is this big circuit. Uh, Combat control. It's, it's, it's a spherical room where you can plot where all the ships are, and you can mm-hmm. see where everything is, you know, dot, 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 dot. Yeah. And you can well, visualize it in an instant. There, there's absolutely no question that part of the things, Nishizaki, was part of that. Je- I, I think he read oh, yeah. the Japanese Lensman. Oh yeah, version. yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, a lot of that. Well, you I, can kind of see that in Yamato because they go from here's our Iskandar kind of powerful is weapon. Kind of sort yeah. of. Here's our more powerful weapon. Mm-hmm. Here we scale it up. We're we're throwing planets around at some points. Uh, the new picture. You know, that's what I liked about Resurrection. Is that's a space off. That's we have this gorgeous looking black hole. Here's bad guys over here. Here's bad guys over here. Yeah, three, we, can, we can break their blockade yes. by going in this dangerous place. Yes. They don't have to go in yes. exactly this way. Man, that was so... I, I wish everyone could see that film on the big screen. Yeah. Because it's it's uh, it works so well for me, you know? Mm. I, I was so happy to see... I mean, you know, because I was happy to see Yamato Picture in the film, in the theater anyway. Yeah. And I was like, well, maybe this will suck. It could very well suck. I have no idea. It might be subtitled in French. I don't know. But it could, <laughs> it could suck. And it didn't suck. I was like, wow, this actually doesn't suck. I, it, it had that Yamato feel to it. The, mm-hmm. There are things in the movie that need to be better, but it's, it's, on the whole... Well, you know, it's a Yamato picture. Yeah. There's always... The Yamato pictures are, there's always going to be this, like, clunky screw sticking out of the woodwork. Like, oh, yeah, we'll fix that later. You know, yeah. like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know, but, it, uh, again, that made it a Yamato picture. So people were bitching. I'm like, did you not see Be Forever Yamato? Because that, that had plot holes... <sighs> Um, Did you not see Final? Actually, the sad part is uh, that was uh, Be Forever Yamato was like the first like Yamato tape I ever got, mm-hmm. and it took you a while to get through it, didn't it? Yeah, it was it was a painful movie to watch, and I knew of Star Blazer. It didn't come yeah. on TV when yeah. I was a kid. I was the Voltron Robotech generation. Yeah. It, Speed but, Racer. But, but, but see, now here's the thing that Be Forever again it touches on things with Lensman. They've gone to another galaxy. They've gone through the black galaxy into the galaxy yeah, of light, yeah. uh-huh. and they're dealing with all this weird stuff. And when it comes time to you know put paid to the bad guys, they blow up a fucking galaxy. Well, yeah. literally they blow it up, but, but the, the reaction, yeah. the wave yeah. energy, and then what do we open with? Uh, finally, I'm with a galaxy crashing into our galaxy. Yeah, colliding galaxies. Mm-hmm. Which may or may not have originally been intended to be fallout from that movie. Because when you think yeah. about it... It's true. It's it's really... The, the science in that is, is so wonky that it hurts my head. The, I, the idea of watching a real-time galaxy spinning like yes. a buzzsaw. Yes, because you realize that this is millions of years we're watching here. Yeah. <laughs> 
look, there goes the galaxy. Yeah. It's like, eh, no. Oh, boy, we better get going. The span of time, we're getting back to Joe Haldeman stuff here. You know? Yeah. But, uh, but so that kind of cosmic thing is... That's what I what I like is I like science fiction, uh, you know, Planet Buster. You know. Well, it's it takes you out and you can visualize things on a cosmic scale. Mm-hmm. And again, that's that's there's a sequence where Kim Kennison, and I think it's second stage, mm-hmm. where there are he's thinking about the immensity of the universe and the insignificance of human beings compared to everything. Know, everything he's like this kind of thinking will get you nowhere. Yeah, by it's simply by the fact we can envision cosmic space, we have already mastered. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thinking. And, and that, 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 it's know, at the heart of Lensman that the human spirit is bigger than the galaxy. And and that's which is again that's Yamato, right there. That's something that I don't that I think is kind of missing with this, with people today is that they're they're used to that everything's so big and I'm just this crushed down little guy and I can't do anything. People don't about work it. together. People yeah. don't have this sense. But of, you you are as big. All, yeah. Oh yeah. You are yeah. as people, big people as anything. Lives. People have been taking so many hits these days. It's the 70s all over again. It's like every time you look at the newspaper, it's some horrifying cancer scare, war, you know, Watergate. Zombie attacks. Patty Hearst. Patty Hearst. Yeah. You know, and... and yeah, the zombie obsession. What is up with that? It's easy. Where's uh, that? I, I think it's because it's easy. It's, well, easy. it's easy, and people are blaming others for their problems. It's mm-hmm. true. Look at what these other people did. Look at those Democrats. They're coming to get us. Look at those Republicans. They're coming, they're coming to get, get us. It. Look true. at those black people. They're coming to get us. You know? Look at those libertarians. Well, they're just smoking pot. Yeah. <laughs> and around this point, it became a political discussion. There was a bit about uh, Harvard MBAs being the root of all evil that uh, Steve talked about. That was pretty fun, but uh, I didn't record it. Thanks to Steve and Dave. Dave is writer for... Various places, including the Colony Drop Zine, his uh, Let's Anime blog. He writes comics with his wife at MrKitty.com. Steve Harrison, I really don't know what he does. He comments everywhere. So if you see him commenting somewhere, chances are it's a good place to read. I'm Guy. This is Deep Hurting Episode 11, uh, recorded at AWA in uh, Dave's hotel room. Nice guys. Uh, Had lunch with him afterwards. Drank a lot with him. You know, all that good stuff. Go to Anime a Weekend Atlanta. It's pretty awesome. Good panels. What else do I need to put in here? Uh, DeepHurting.com. Twitter, Deep underscore Hurting. My Twitter is uh, super deformed. Dave is a terrible funhouse. Um, I don't know how to spell it. Steve isn't on Twitter, so too bad for y'all. Oh, that's it. I can't think of anything else. I woke up this morning with the sun down. Shining in him I found my mind In a brown paper bag But then I tripped on a cloud And fell eight miles high I tore my mind On a jagged sky I just dropped in To see what condition My condition was in